we can get rolling. All right, you should have you should have heard that tone recording of progress. All right, ladies, and I'll be the gentleman. I don't mind. Welcome to Daily Power Parsha. This is Friday. What is it? Friday, March what? March fourth. Oh, March fourth. Oh, today is the day of the Exodus, the anniversary of the Exodus. March fourth. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. March fourth is a joke. March fourth is a joke. Um, anyway, it is good to see you all. So we're here to study some Torah, even remotely, even in, I, listen, I've done DPP live, obviously from Atlanta, from Florida. Remember all those times we've done it from Florida on the road, literally sometimes on the road, from the highway, from gas stations. And now- from Texas I've done, now? I've done it from Texas. We've done it from Texas, DPP yes. live from Frisco. And now, first time ever from Chicago. Chicago, wow. Illinois, actually in Skokie. This is Skokie. This is the whole oh, city. of course. The yeshiva is not. Yeshiva's in West Rogers Park, but I'm in Skokie now because apparently the breakfast place is here. So I'm going to show you what the breakfast sign looks like. Right? You see that behind me? Emma's? Emma's Bagel Cafe? Yes. All right. Let's jump in. I'm going to share my screen with you and let's get, let's, uh, let's study. All right. Uh, give me a sec as I get this ready on my end. Technology and such. Okay, let's go screen share. Start now. Let's get rolling. Okay, you should see all my apps for no reason. Chrome. Okay. <laughs> you guys see that Chabad.org Pukude Torah reading? Jump in if you if yes. 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 Okay, amazing. All right. We're up to reading six. We're gonna do reading six and seven. Like I said, it's gonna be a little rapid fire. Hopefully we'll get some insights in, but we'll definitely study the conclusion of the parasha. Okay, here we go. Torah reading for Pukudei, reading number six. So what we read so far in the parasha is that the Mishkan was built. It was accounted for. The audit happened. The garments were made. All the, the hardware, when I say hardware, the, the structure of the Mishkan was built, was, constru- was, was, was created. The interior decorating, the interior decor, the ark. The uh, the mizbeach, the altars, the menorah, everything was built. Everything was created. They brought it to Moses. Moses saw it. It was great. He blessed the people. He said, may Hashem rest. May his presence rest in the work of your hands. And we are now up to the continuation of the story. Exodus chapter 40, verse 17. Remember, God told Moses to put up the Mishkan in the month of Nisan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, one year, a little under one year after the Exodus. So here we go. It came to pass in the first month, in the second year. That means year two from the Exodus. Year one would be the year of the Exodus. That was two, four, four, eight. Second year, meaning one year later. So it came to pass in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, two, four, four, nine, that the Mishkan was set up. Verse 18, Moses set up the Mishkan, placed its sockets. This is the first time it's being set up. He placed set up the Mishkan, placed its sockets, put up its planks, put in its bars, and set up its pillars. He spread the tent over the Mishkan. Um, That, of course, refers to the covering on top of the Mishkan building. (laughs) And he placed the cover of the tent over it from above, as the Lord commanded Moses. He, Moses, took and placed the testimony into the ark. That refers to the tablets. He put the poles upon the ark and placed the ark cover on the ark from above. That was the ark cover that had the two Keruvim, the cherubs. 
21, he brought the ark into the Mishkan and placed the screen and dividing curtain so that it formed a protective covering before the ark of the testimonies the Lord had commanded Moses. So basically, Moshe is building this Mishkan and setting it up, putting all the things in the right places, including the dividing screen between the holy and the holy of holies. Next, verse 22, he placed the table, the shulchan, the showbread table in the tent of meeting. That's in the larger space on the northern side of the Mishkan outside the dividing curtain. Verse 23, he set up, he set upon it an arrangement of bread. Oh, the bread was actually placed. He set upon an arrangement of bread, the 12 loaves, six and six, stack of six, stack of six, before the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 24, he placed the menorah in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the southern side of the Mishkan. That's where that was done. So, hey, good to see you. A little live class action. So um, so that's where the menorah was placed. The menorah was placed in the Kodesh, in the Ohamoid, in the tent, in the, in, in the building. Not in the Holy of Holies, obviously. That was only the Ark. But in that Mishkan on the southern side. Northern side was the, uh, was the uh, Shorba table. Southern side was the menorah. Verse 25. He kindled the lamps. Moses, acting like a Kohen, kindled the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 26. He placed the golden altar. That's the Mizbeach HaZahav. That's the incense altar in the tent of meeting in front of the dividing current in the center. So in that larger space, in that building, north, south, middle. North was the showbread table, south was the menorah, and the middle was the golden altar. And verse 27, he made the incense go up in smoke upon it as the Lord had commanded Moses. So he, the functionality was going on. He, he displayed the showbread on the showbread table. He kindled the menorah on the menorah, and he burned the incense on the incense altar. Reading number seven. All right, the, the grand finale of Pekudeh. Here we go. Verse 28, chapter 40. He placed the screen for the entrance of the Mishkan. That's the not the dividing curtain inside the Mishkan building, but the one outside, the entrance screen, the entrance curtain outside the entrance of that building to the Mishkan. Verse 29, of course, we know outside the Mishkan was two things, the altar and the wash basin. Let's talk about it right now. The altar of the burnt offering, that's the outer altar, the copper altar, for the animal sacrifices he placed in front of the entrance of the Mishkan of the Tent of Meeting. And he offered up burnt offering. Uh, the burnt offering he did, he actually put it to use. And the meal offering upon it, as Lord commanded Moses, basically he did the animal offering and the flower offering. Verse 30, he placed the washstand between the Tent of Meeting and the altar, and, he put, and there he put water for washing. So he set up the wash basin on the stand, and he put water. Verse 31, and Moses, Aaron, and his sons would wash their hands and feet and their feet from it. This is where they would wash their hands in preparation for the holy service. Verse 32, when they entered the tent of meeting and when they approached the altar, they would wash as the Lord had commanded Moses. Anytime they would approach to do a service or first thing in the morning, they would wash their hands and their feet simultaneously. They got ready for the service. Verse 33, and he set up, Moses set up. Remember, no one else could do it, only Moses. Moses set up the courtyard. That's the outer periphery, the outer perimeter. He set up the courtyard all around the Mishkan of the altar, and he put up the screen at the entrance of the courtyard, and Moses completed the work. So he put up the outer wall, the outer perimeter, which consisted of posts and a linen screen, and then he put another screen to serve as the entrance to the courtyard, and Moses completed the work. I'm, I'm like, I'm not laughing. I'm like so, I don't know, I, I'm quelling almost. Like, it's finally done. It's unbelievable. An unbelievable uh, verse to read. And Moses completed the work. Amazing. Verse 34, and the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the Mishkan. So the cloud, of course, is a, not just any cloud. It's the cloud of, of glory, the, the cloud of divine presence. And the glory of Hashem filled the Mishkan. So two things, it covered and it filled. 
The divine energy, according to Kabbalah, has two modalities. There's the transcendent energy and the imminent energy. There's the, the energy of God that's beyond us. And of course, the flow of energy, divine energy that is within us. There's the soul inside of us and within every creature. And of course, God also is beyond us, is beyond our senses in the here and now. This, re, this is the two elements of the cloud and the glory, the cloud above and the glory within. Verse 35, Moses could not enter the tent of meeting. He could not enter the tent of meeting. That's the building because the cloud rested upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the Mishkan. I mean, obviously, he at some point he did go in it and the priest did go in it to do the service. But it means that at least initially he felt like it was too big, too big to approach. Verse 36, when the cloud rose, now the Torah tells us the final three verses of the book of Exodus. And we're going to say, Chazak, Chazak, Chazak. It tells us how they were traveled. When the cloud rose from over the Mishkan, when the cloud lifted, the children of Israel set out in all their journeys. That was the sign to start moving. So when the cloud of, so when the cloud rested above the, above the, above the tent, above the, 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 the Omod, above the Mishkan, and they knew that that's where God wanted them to be. When the cloud lifted, it started moving. Right. But if the cloud did not rise up, if it didn't move, they, if, if it didn't rise, they did not set out that day until it rose, until the day arose. Sorry. They did not set out until the day it rose. So they would stay. And it could be a while. It could be a, a days, weeks, months, you know, even multiple years at some point. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of the narrative, but there were times where they spent multiple years in one location. So the point wow. is that they did not move as long as the cloud was still resting above the Mishkan. Verse 38, final verse. Here we go. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the Mishkan by day, and there was fire within it at night before the eyes of the entire house of Israel and all their journeys. The Torah tells us that that's how it was. The cloud by day, the fire by night. And it was before the eyes of the entire Jewish people, in all their journeys, all their travels. And let's say together, Chazak, 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 Yes, amen, amen. So that is the conclusion of the book of Exodus and what a remarkable journey it's been. We started with slavery. We, we, we picked up speed with Moses and the miracles and the, and, and, and the plagues. And then we got into splitting, uh, the, the, the Exodus and splitting of the sea and Torah, Revelation at Sinai and Golden Calf and building the Mishkan. And finally, the, the book concludes with the discussion of how they would journey with the cloud by day and a fire by night. And as we've said many times, about the cloud and the fire, because this is not the only time in Torah that we have the cloud and the fire. Very important message, very important message. Even when it's day, always remember, always remember the cloud. Always remember that there are places in the world and where it's dark. We have to remember those that are suffering. This is certainly a message that is applicable today. Even if we are in relative comfort, even if we are in relative security, even if we are, you know, we're comfortable right now, the reality is that not everyone, not all of our brothers and sisters are comfortable. There is incredible that's happening, and uh, it behooves us. It really behooves us to keep that in mind. Always remember. Oh, yes. Always remember the cloud. Even when it's day by you, remember the cloud. And conversely, when it's night by you, when it's dark, when there are challenges, remember the fire. Remember the light. Remember that there will be a better time. Every cloud does have a silver lining. It will be good. And so, my friends, as we enter Shabbos, and I know I'm, we're doing this quick, but hey, I uh, kind of gave you a warning at, at, at the opening. You know, as we get ready for Shabbos, a very monumental Shabbos, a monumentous, monumental, monumentous, whatever the right word is, Shabbos. And I say that because of the turmoil of what's going on in Ukraine and in that part of the world where you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I mean, a million people and, 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 and countless Jews 
who have had to run away with bombs flying, Chabad rabbis and rebbitsons and community members and, and orphans and refugees that were there getting help and now have to go somewhere else. There's incredible upheaval and we need to pray. We need to keep on praying. Like I said, Wednesday night in the class, in the Wednesday night Torah studies class, we have to continue to we have to pray and continue to pray and not stop praying. Draw that circle. Draw that circle until Hashem answers our prayers and peace reigns. And ultimately, the real bracha that we want is from Mashiach. Because Mashiach is, we don't want any temporary patchwork peace. We want real peace, everlasting peace, eternal peace with the coming of Mashiach. And so as the Torah, as the Torah portion concludes, as the book of Exodus concludes, let's remember this, that God sets the way for the journey. We know that we, we're always traveling by cloud navigation. Whether or not we can see the cloud, Hashem directs our footsteps. And everything that's happening is by divine design. But we ask Hashem to please get us to the destination and get us there in a way that is that is kind and gentle and happy and peaceful without any more turbulence. All right. Let's may this Shabbos be the last Shabbos of, of exile and the first Shabbos of redemption. And indeed, may peace always reign throughout the earth, throughout the land. Amen. Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. A quick half. Are yes. you making a collection for the people? Are you making not for many funds? There's um, uh, there are, there are tons of different funds, including Chabad funds. Um, just gotta check it out. I I, I if I if Rabbi Shuchman sent an email with the links. Okay, so then maybe I'll see if I can forward that over to you, Ray, in case you didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, yes. No, I don't get Okay, so I will forward that. Please, God, I will forward that to you. So you can see Rabbi, where we're at. Rabbi, we're may, I, yes. may I say something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate that in the last two years, you know, from wherever corner of the world you're in, you always make sure to log in and give us this inspiration. So I'm hoping that we, and also it would be so nice to celebrate in person at this point. So I'm hoping that a week from Monday, that yes, many of us will be to come and do a Lakayim together. Yeah, and we'll send that an email when I get back. I'm going to send that an email, please God. You know, next week Monday we'll send that an email, letting everybody know. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. All yes. right. I also miscalculated the temperature. I walked outside here without a coat, so I'm also freezing. All right, I'm going to sign off. Oh, I'm dear. wishing you all the Shabbos. That should be the worst. Be right? the worst. Um, wishing everybody good Shabbos. It is great good to Shabbos. see you guys together, together, and uh, let's continue the inspiration next week. No Kabbalah and coffee Sunday. I'll be traveling, please God. But we'll see you, please, God, um, Monday back for DPP. All right. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, everyone. Good Shabbos. Bye.